Welcome to Liquid Church Media. The message you're about to enjoy was originally delivered live at Liquid Church. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins. I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers because I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the saints. Well, hello, saints. Yeah, that's right. In the original meaning of the word, if you are a believer in Christ, then you are a saint. Now, uh, I understand that some of you may not put yourself in that category yet because you're just checking out the Christian faith and Liquid Church, and that is perfectly okay. We are so glad you're here. Welcome. Uh, others of you are thinking, well, my husband's a believer, but a saint, <laughs> patron saint of selective hearing, maybe, <laughs> right? Or, or my wife a saint? Yeah, Saint Joan of Snark. You know, I mean, it's, you know, whatever the case is, listen, just cut yourself some slack, okay? You're saints. Anyway, good to have you here for week two of Pray. This is a series designed to take your faith to a whole new level by, by uh, energizing and transforming your prayer life. And I'm Kyler, the campus pastor in New Brunswick. I want to give a, a big shout out to my campus family back there in the Bruns, as well as our sister campuses in Nutley and Mountainside and coming up this fall, Somerset County. Let's, let's hear it for them. Yeah. So last week, Pastor Tim examined the first of three specific prayers that the Apostle Paul prayed. Paul never prayed small, safe, half-hearted general prayers. They were always big, bold, God-honoring, faith-filled, specific prayers. And that's what we're going to learn to pray. Amen? Uh, because the problem that Tim put in the spotlight is that too often our prayer life is it's weak and, and wimpy because our prayers are either too small and or too general. Now remember Pastor Tim's question, if all of your prayers this week were answered, how would the world be different? Mm. Sometimes our prayers are just too small, too superficial. And honestly, some of the prayers we pray, they're, they're kind of funny to me. Uh, I've got an almost three-year-old named Xander, and if I prayed over him each night, that, that, that prayer that many of you are familiar with, I think it would freak him out. So join in with me if you know this one. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Nighty night, sweetheart. <laughs> I mean, how comforting, right? Yeah, you know, see you in the morning, my little guy. If you survive the night. <laughs> what kind of prayer is that? That's creepy, man. Or, uh, or how about when we pray over our food, right? Lord, Bless this food to the nourishment of our bodies. Now, now that is a very God-honoring prayer in a lot of circumstances, but other times not so much because, you know, maybe you're down the Jersey Shore, you're on the boardwalk, you decide to fill your belly at Jenkinson's or someplace like that where the only rule is that everything's got to be deep fried, right? I think even the milkshakes there are deep fried. Lord, bless this double bacon cheeseburger chili fries and, and deep fried Twinkie to the nourishment of my body. Really? I mean, that is asking for a big miracle right there, right? I am, I am not sure that God is going to honor that prayer as though you were eating broccoli and kale, okay? I'm just saying. 
Those were not the kind of prayers that Paul prayed. There was a pattern to Paul's prayers where he would pray for something big and life-changing, even world-changing. And then we see the words, so that. I pray, blank, so that, blank, so that a big, dynamic, desired result would occur. For example, last week we looked at Paul saying, I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that... Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That's what makes you a saint, right? Christ within you. God's unlimited power is available to us when we pray. When we pray to our Heavenly Father, we become more like Jesus. Because Jesus prayed all the time to his big daddy. And Jesus prayed big, specific prayers that resulted in big, powerful results. Paul learned to do it, and so can we. Now look at this prayer wall, right? Last week, Pastor Tim invited you to write out a prayer to God for power so that Christ may dwell in your inner being. Or inside someone you love who's far from God or struggling with an addiction or a broken marriage or loneliness or grief or, or whatever the case may be. Prayers for God's power to be life-changing and to transform the world. And we were invited to pray big prayers because our, our Father in heaven is a mighty and generous and loving and big God. So thank you. Thank you for being willing to write out your pray prayers. They're all up here. Every one of these... Is, is being prayed over by uh, spiritual uh, care team members at all of our campuses, and, and we take this very seriously. Uh, here are just a few examples from you, all right? Um, let's see. I pray, oh, this is a world changer. Listen to this. I pray that all persecuted Christians in the Middle East and Africa will have protection from Islamic terrorism so that these terrorists will have their eyes and hearts opened to Jesus' love, that Christ may be glorified around the world. That is awesome. That is a big, world-changing prayer. Um, let's look at another. Uh, okay, here's a, here's a big one, too. This is more personal, but it's still a life-changer. I pray that God would rid my husband of his cancer and that all of our children would be filled with the Holy Spirit so that they will know that all things are possible with God. Oh, man, huge. One more. Let's work at one more. Um, okay. I pray for a deeper relationship with you, God, so that I can better serve those around me and help bring them closer to you. That's kind of where we're going this morning. That's where we're going. And I, I hope that you're going to continue to pray for God's power to work in you and through you. These are big boy, big girl prayers. God calls us to so much more than the safe, small, timid, little ho-hum prayers that we often pray. Today we're going to look at another so that prayer of Paul's that can become your prayer too. In a message I'm calling, Pray It Forward. Uh, anyone remember that Kevin Spacey movie from like 15 years ago called Pay It Forward? Do you remember that? The idea was that if someone does a good deed to you, then you're more than just grateful. You pay it forward by doing a, a good deed for someone else, and then so on and so on, and the world becomes a better place. So the idea to pray it forward is to recognize that someone along the way prayed for you to become a follower of Jesus. And now you have the opportunity to, to pray for and invest in someone else, that they too would come to know Christ and have their, their lives transformed by his spirit. So this prayer of Paul's is our big prayer for today. And, and say in red with me together, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. See, Paul is saying, you had your eyes open because somebody prayed for you. Somebody shared their faith with you. And I want you now to 
Pray it forward. And when you do, not only are you going to help bring someone else into new life in Christ and change their eternal destiny, but you're also going to develop a full understanding of all that we are meant to experience as Christians. You know, those very good things, as Paul calls them, that we have when Jesus lives in us. Uh, For example, joy, the supernatural joy and love and peace and wisdom and and a faith community. These are the things that bring us alive, fully alive. I pray that you would be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing that we have in Christ. Now, this prayer of Paul's, it's found in a a brief letter in the New Testament that he wrote to a friend of his named Philemon. Uh, That is not a name that we see at the top of the baby names list these days. But Philemon, he was this wealthy guy who basically hosted a life group, uh, a small group Bible study in his his home. And Philemon's house was where the local church met. He must have had a pretty big living room. He also owned a slave named Onesimus who had run away. Some scholars think that he had robbed Philemon before he took off. Now, a slave in Paul's day was different from a slave in American history. In Paul's day, a person often sold himself uh, into slavery contractually with with a term to it uh, to make a living as a servant. And they were often treated better as well. Uh, So whatever the case is here, Onesimus flees to Rome. He's, He's on the run. Maybe he's afraid Uh, hurting, uh, spiritually lost, and he bumps into Paul, and Paul hits it off with this guy, and maybe Paul starts out saying something like, hey, look, I know your your boss, Philemon, we're old friends, and I get it, you're not too crazy about Christians right now, let me tell you, I, I really do get it, because I used to hate Christians, I used to track them down and persecute them, but then I met the risen Jesus in this powerful way, and dude, you need to know him. And Paul leads Onesimus to a life-changing relationship with with Jesus. So now, Paul is writing this emotional, heartfelt letter to Philemon on behalf of this runaway slave who, who, uh, Paul says elsewhere in the letter, has become like a son to him in Rome. And he hopes that Philemon will not only forgive Onesimus, but now welcome him back with open arms as a brother in Christ and not just a slave. And Paul goes about appealing to Philemon in a pretty amazing way, a a very subtle way, I think. Here's what he writes. He says, I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers because I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. You know, in other words, you're doing a good job loving people, Philemon, uh, all the saints anyway, the believers. See, as Paul was getting to know Onesimus, he discovered that he was not a believer, not one of the saints He would have been like, wait, wait, wait a minute. You work for Philemon, and you're not a follower of Jesus? Did he never tell you about Jesus? He didn't? So Paul writes, Philemon, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith. In other words, Phil, you're doing a great job loving those within your church community, but don't forget to share your faith and love those who are on the outside looking in, especially those that you see every single day. Philemon, be active in sharing your faith so that you have a full understanding of all that God wants to accomplish in you and through you to reach others. See, maybe Paul recognized that Philemon had a blind spot that unfortunately many of us Christians do. I mean, can we just be honest here? We can often overlook sharing our faith with someone because we just don't view that person as being particularly important, right? Oh, oh, he's just one of my servants might be the way Philemon thought about it. We might say, Oh, he's just a low-level office worker down the hall. Or she's just my hairstylist. Or, or he's just the Starbucks dude who makes my iced caramel macchiato every day. You know, not somebody who's particularly important in my life. 
uh, well, actually, okay, let me take that back. I know how much some of you love coffee, so maybe that Starbucks barista is the most important person in your life, all right? But anyway, maybe you're thinking, they're not so important, so why should I invest? I'm certainly not going to go there. And so maybe we miss opportunities presented to us by God to share our faith with someone who, whom God passionately cares about but is lost. I'll bet most of us, including myself, maybe especially me, Miss those chances every day. So let's be honest, right? There are tons of reasons why we don't want to share our faith. First off, we don't want to be that guy, okay? The, uh, the, the Jesus freak who's kind of weird and, and not relatable. Where's that guy? There he is. Okay. They, you know, and I get it. That's fair. We, we don't want to come across as forcing our belief on others, you know, making awkward moments over lunch in the cafeteria or, uh, you know, in the bleachers at a kid's soccer game. So what ends up happening is that we don't share our faith at all. Or, or this is a big one, I think. We're, we're not active in sharing our faith because we don't think we know enough, right? If you think that the four Gospels were written by John, Paul, George, and Ringo, then you might have a point. Uh, and if you don't know that those four guys are the Beatles, then that's a whole other issue. But seriously... Do not be afraid to share what you know, however much or little that is. When you reach out, God can use your courageous step far more powerfully and effectively than you can possibly imagine. Because watch this. The Apostle Paul doesn't say that you've got to understand it all and be this renowned theologian before you can share your faith. Actually, just the opposite. He says to Philemon, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing that you have in Christ. When we share our faith, that's when we gain understanding. That's how it works, says Paul. And that's how it worked for me. Let me, let me tell you this, this crazy story. Uh, one of the first times that I shared my faith in Christ, I was this newly minted Christian, 23 years old, and I'm at this dinner party. I was invited to this dinner party by a friend of mine who was a pretty hardcore atheist. Uh, there were four other people there. They were all pretty ancient. They were in their 40s, 50s, 60s. Uh, one guy, he was this retired radio actor, you know, he, he had this voice that God should use when it's time to announce the end of the world. Uh, and as a kid fresh out of college, I wasn't particularly intimidated by this crowd until the end of the dinner when my friend Doug says, hey, I have a fun idea. Why don't we all go around the table? Everybody has 30 seconds to say what they think is wrong with the world and what they would do to fix it. Suddenly, I, I'm kind of feeling a little challenged by Doug, you know, and, and now I'm not so comfortable in this environment sharing, you know, that I'm a, I'm a Christian. Uh, but listen, we are not talking Billy Graham here, okay? I was shaking in my boots uh, as a, you know, and, and, and I, I just said, you know, maybe this won't be so bad. Maybe it's going to be okay. So the first guy goes and he says, the problem with the world is religion. <laughs> Great. It's, it's these people who create this concept called God, and they use it as a crutch to avoid taking responsibility for their own problems. You know, and next was the radio actor. The problem with the world is that uh, we lack education globally. The, the smarter we all are, the, the more issues we'll be able to solve. And then it was my turn. What do you think, Kyler? And, you know, I, I prayed a, a, a very big God-honoring prayer in that moment. I said, God, kill me now, and let me take Doug with me. I mean, that's my big Billy Graham moment, right? I just wanted to disappear. 
So trembling and looking into my lap, I said, the, uh, <clears throat> the problem with the world is that uh, we need Jesus? Yeah. I mean, that was it. <laughs> That's, it was so far from great. I just made everything awkward for a few minutes, you know, and I just couldn't wait for the night to end. But guess what? Sharing my faith that night increased my hunger to reach those who don't know Jesus. I, I wanted to learn more now, to, to grow deeper in my own relationship with him. I was starting to gain this understanding of the good things that I have in Christ. And you know what else? Sharing my faith became easier the next time. And listen, if I can help you with sharing your faith, I would love to do that. So let me just share with you three simple ways that you can pray it forward. Because if your prayer is to be more active in sharing your faith, then God will give you no shortage of opportunities to do that. He's going to use you in powerful ways. And trust me, it does get easier every time you share. Because what happens is you start developing this very positive spiritual momentum and outward focus. It deepens your love for God, and it deepens your love for others. It, it, it deepens your wisdom and your sense of purpose. And Paul calls it gaining a full understanding of all the good things we have in Christ. This is what happens when you share your story. Now, it doesn't matter if your story is dramatic or not. If you are a follower of Jesus, you have a story, and God can use it in amazing ways. Now, it may simply be, you know, I, I grew up in the church, and, um, you know, I just, I never really was feeling it. And then I reached this place where I realized I was just kind of going through the motions, and so I, I prayed for God to make my faith come alive. And now he's got me on this path where today my faith is authentic. It's active. That's powerful. You may not think it is, but it is. Why? Because you prayed, you called out, and the creator of the universe answered your prayer, entered into your life, and changed it. Wow. Or maybe your story is, you know, uh, I was in a gang. I was, I was shooting up heroin. I was drunk 24-7, you know, and then, then God appeared to me in a dream or through a person or through a sign, and, 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 and at rock bottom, I gave my life to Jesus, and here I am, a new creation. You know, whatever it is, you have a story that can change others' lives. So pray it forward. In the Gospel of John, in the New Testament, there's this amazing story about Jesus healing a man born blind. It's an incredible miracle, but the religious leaders get all upset. Go figure, they're the campus pastors of their day. Um, you know, and they, they start asking the guy, weren't you born blind? Now, now, was that a result of your sin or your parents' sin? And weren't you healed on the Sabbath? That's a sin. Whoever healed you is a sinner. These guys are so uplifting. They all should have worked for Hallmark, you know. You know, and, 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 and the poor guy, he's like, look, I don't understand this theological debate you're having about me. All I know is this. I once was blind, but now I see. That's his story. It's clear. It's powerful. And, and, and how do you argue with it, right? For some of you, that's your story. Some of you have experienced physical healing after being prayed for. You know, there's a, I know there's a young woman in, in New Brunswick. You know, her story is, well, all I know is that for, you know, six months or more, I couldn't raise this arm above my shoulder. And then I was prayed for, and boom, check this out. That's her story. How do, you, how do you dispute that, right? Or maybe your story is, I was hooked on drugs or alcohol or porn, but Jesus saved me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. That kind of story is clear and powerful. So pray. Pray for opportunities to share your story. Because you never know how God will use it to overlap with someone else's story. You may find yourself saying, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, I lost a child too. I lost my marriage too. 
I, I was rejected by a church too. But let me tell you what God has done in my life since then. Pray for chances to tell your story. And an awesome result of sharing your story is that you become part of someone else's story. You get to become an influential, possibly heroic character in someone else's story. You may be simply planting a seed there, you know, in their mind or their heart, getting them to think that maybe, just maybe, this Jesus stuff is true. Or you may be watering a seed that was already planted by someone else, and you're helping it to to take root and to grow. Um, Or you may have the chance to be there at the harvest, to be the one that helps them take that ultimate step into a relationship with Christ. But here's the thing, whichever point in that person's life you're at when you share your story with them, it'll be perfect timing. God will make sure of that. So you pray it forward, you share your story, and the result is that you will have an understanding of a very good thing that we have in Christ, and that is the opportunity to partner with God, to play a part in someone else's story of coming to Jesus partnering with the creator of the universe to help bring others into the kingdom of heaven. Man, that brings you fully alive. My friend Zancisco understands the idea of pray it forward. It happened to her, and then it happened through her. Five years ago, my mom and sister were in a car accident, and my mom passed away, and my sister now has brain damage. I developed a deep depression and started an addiction. Through that addiction, it got really bad that it hit rock bottom, and I had nowhere else to turn. And all I remembered was my mom telling me a week before she died that all she wanted was for me to know who God was. And I had no idea how to pray. I just started talking. A friend asked me if I'd come with her on a Christian retreat. It was amazing. I never knew anything like this before. And these women just poured out on me. Uh, And I accepted Christ that weekend. And a friend of mine who went to Liquid said, oh, you should come check out my church. So I went down to New Brunswick and had the most amazing experience. I would drive 45 minutes down and every week just couldn't help but just feel like God led me there. And a friend of mine had called me uh, about three months into me going to Liquid and said, um, hey, let's get together, let's talk. And I felt like every message that I had listened to for three months at Liquid was like perfect to go towards what she was going through. So I invited her down in New Brunswick. I have actually known Zan since high school, but I had hit a really rough time in my life and I don't know what it was, uh, but I picked up the phone one day and I called her and we sat down and talked for four hours on her couch. She asked me to go to church with her one Sunday. I went to Lakewood in New Brunswick and I loved what I saw. The next week we went to Mountainside and I told her I wanted to come back. And it wasn't before long that we were serving on the Guest Connections team together and I looked at her and I told her, I want to do this. This is what I want to do. I accept everything that God has to offer me. Gianna saw this and she wanted to come with me. She wanted to be part of Liquid with me. And she goes to her dad's house who doesn't have very much faith at all, but will say prayer at dinner time and ask everybody to join her. 
she will tell everybody, you need to tell God what you're thankful for every day. I think it's an amazing thing because Zan did it for me, I did it for her, and now she's doing it for her dad. Just by praying it forward to her, it was awesome to see how God allowed me to be a part of that. I'm Zan Sisko, and I love to pray it forward. I'm Vicki Anthony, and I love praying it forward. Oh man, I love that. Man, how listen, how many of us are here today because we were invited to church? You put up your hand. How many of you? I see some hands going up, but you know what the answer is? All of us? You were invited either directly from a, a family uh, friend, a, 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 a spouse, a coworker, praying it forward, or you were invited indirectly by those praying it forward through, you know, assembling a liquid radio ad behind the scenes or a liquid pen left at a coffee shop or, or the, uh, pinning a, an invite card for a new message series to a bulletin board. You know, all of those being pray it forward tools scattered by some of you in the hopes of bringing in those who are on the outside but have a curiosity or a hunger for God. Whether you know who prayed it forward to you or not, somebody did. Somebody somehow invited you to church and that's why you're here right now. And that's the second way that you can simply share your faith. One way is to share your story. Another way, invite someone to church. Because at some point, you were on the outside looking in. See, this was Paul's challenge to Philemon. Remember him, the guy who uh, hosted the local church in his home and who had the runaway servant, Onesimus? It was to Philemon that Paul wrote these words. I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers because I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus and read this with me, your love for all the saints. See, I mentioned this earlier that this was the issue Paul had with Philemon, that, that he loved the saints, the believers, the, the in crowd. But what about those on the outside, Philemon? Are you sharing your faith with them? Are you inviting them to church? Maybe even those who've been right under your nose, serving in your household. What about those hurting and lost on the outside? You know, and I, I get it, right? Like, we get caught up in our little Christian bubble. Uh, time, okay, time out here for a second. Right now, I am specifically addressing the Christians in the room, all right? If you're not a Christ follower and yet you're here today checking things out, maybe because you were invited by the person next to you, uh, as I said earlier, we are thrilled that you're here. What I want to do right now is just invite you to eavesdrop on what is a family conversation, okay? Because we Christians, we should acknowledge that sometimes we get cliquish. Uh, we get exclusive and insular and judgmental, and we forget to do the right things to welcome people. So if that's you, I, 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 just, I just, just know that we Christians, we want to get it right. We really do. Will you forgive us? And I hope that you felt very welcome today. So, all right, so, so we can get caught up in this, this Christian bubble, right? Because it's so much easier to be a Philemon, right? To hang out with people who already believe what you do, think like you do, listen to Star 99 like you do, uh, have a tattoo of Pastor Tim on your shoulder like you do. Is that just me? It's, okay. But listen, we are called to share our faith. The stakes are too high for those on the outside who haven't been invited in. Jesus calls his followers to be fishermen, to cast out lines and nets of, of God's love, to see what we can catch way out there. He does not call his followers to be aquarium keepers, you know, just holding on to what we've already got inside these four walls, never seeing any new fish. And maybe Onesimus the servant, 
ran away from Philemon because of all that Philemon's insider faith seemed to represent. You know, maybe he, he never saw his master treat him quite the same way as he treated believers. You know, he didn't see his master care about his soul the same way. Maybe Philemon, the one known for his love for all the saints, never invited Onesimus to church, never prayed it forward to him. See, God loves those within his church, but he's also passionate about those on the outside of it. And that's why Jesus spent so much time with the outsiders, the least, the last, the lost, you know, those like the servant Onesimus, kind of feeling rejected by the religious establishment. And the religious leaders of Jesus' day, and even, even Jesus' own disciples, were always saying, Jesus, why are you bothering with all those people on the other side of the fence? But you see, it was because Jesus' eyes were open to notice them. And he, and he shared the inclusive heart of his Father in heaven. You want to see how Jesus made, it, made, made pay it forward work? All right, so there's, there's a woman from Samaria, a Samaritan woman who encounters Jesus at a well. And Jesus is Jewish, right? He's a rabbi, he's a teacher, okay? And he, he asks her for a drink, which was a huge cultural no-no for three reasons. One, Jews weren't supposed to speak to lowly Samaritans. Two, men weren't permitted to address women if their husbands weren't present. And three, rabbis had no business uh, speaking to, to you know, shady ladies such as this one. I mean, she, she had been married five times, and now she was shacked up with a sixth guy. I mean, if they had TV back then, she probably would have had her own reality show. But, but she says, you're a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? You ever invite somebody to church, and they say, well, you're a good person. You know, you, you fit in there. But me, I, I've done some bad, shameful things. You know, I, I don't want to get you in trouble if I walk through that door with you. Do you ever feel like that's where someone's coming from? That they don't feel like they belong? So anyway, so, so Jesus and this, this woman, they're talking about water. And then Jesus shifts the conversation from well water to something called living water. He says, you drink this well water and you're going to get thirsty again. But drink from the living water and you will never thirst again. In one sentence, Jesus shifted from everyday life to everlasting life. He was telling her that he is the living water. And when his spirit, his power is poured into a person, that person will never thirst again. They will never lack for love, for meaning, for purpose, now and forever. And then Jesus gently and lovingly reveals himself to her as the savior that her people have been waiting for. And she is astonished, just mind blown. And she races back to her village and she, she says to everybody, you know, just, just come, just, just come with me and meet this man. He told me some amazing things. Just, just come and meet this guy. Basically, she's inviting everyone to church to come and meet Jesus. And that's what you and I can do. It's simple, inviting someone to church. I mean, you can use simple language, be yourself, you know, say something like, you know, it's been a great experience for me. Just, just come with me sometime. Just come and give it a try. It can be simple. Watch this.
do you want? Mrs. Edwards, I know I ask you this like every week, but would you like to ride to church with me? Oh, come on, Mrs. Edwards, you'll like my church. We have some hot music. It may not be what you're bumping at all, but it's hot. We get down. What do you say, Mrs. Edwards? Oh, I suppose. <sighs> okay, here we are. I love that. The church is like 10 feet away from where she lives. See, it's simple, right? Don't give up, you know, just be yourself. And, and here at Liquid, we often give you little invite cards, you know, to an upcoming series uh, to make it easier, right? You can hand it to someone and say, hey, hey, took a look, take a look at this. It's kind of interesting, right? Uh, you know, come on with me this Sunday. I'll, I'll sit with you. You see, to actively share your faith, to invite someone to church is to move toward a full understanding of, of a very good thing that we have in Christ, one of which is the gift of a spiritual family that you yourself were welcomed into and to which you now have the privilege of welcoming others. I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. That is a big prayer. But unless we pray that big prayer, we're going to miss out on the awesome adventure that God calls us to, to partner with him to bring the outsiders home. We'll miss out on, on becoming all that we were meant to be, tapping into so many of the gifts and abilities that God's placed inside us. We've got to pray that big prayer so that Christ will live in us and then live out through us so that people will be drawn, not ultimately to you or me, but to Christ, right? Jesus can't happen through you until he happens to you. And when Jesus happens to you, when his spirit gets a hold of you, people notice. They do. There's a, a joy or a peace or an integrity to you that people just can't deny. You may not even be aware that you're giving off what Paul calls the aroma or the fragrance of Christ. Because when it's, when it's the real deal, it attracts people. So you want to share your faith? You want to pray it forward? Share your story. Invite someone to church. And here's the third thing. Live a life that other people will want. Live a life that other people will want. I, oh, man, I love it. There's a great story in the book of Acts in the New Testament where Paul and his buddy Silas are singing hymns and worshiping God while chained in a dark prison cell. Ever tried that one? They've been arrested for sharing their faith. They've been beaten and tossed in jail, and they're having happy, clappy church. And the jailer and all the other prisoners are listening to this, and they're like, what is going on? What is the deal with these guys? And then sometime after midnight, this earthquake happens. It crumbles the prison walls. It breaks all the chains. And, and the jailer is about to kill himself because he knows all the prisoners have escaped, and he is going to be held responsible. And then suddenly, he hears Paul's voice in the darkness. Wait, don't panic. We're all here. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Paul and Silas, prisoners, are showing their love to the jailer, and it blows his mind. He says, huh, whatever you guys have going on inside you, I want it. What must I do to be saved? And so Paul shares his faith. And the jailer and his whole house, household that very night uh, uh, become believers and get baptized. <laughs> Has anyone ever said that to you? I want what you've got. I want that inner joy, that inner peace that you have. Jesus said, in the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father 
in heaven. See, when you let Christ shine through you, when you give him an all-access pass to your life, his presence just comes out every pore. And, and, and you're not even aware of it a lot of the time, but people notice. They see it. And for many, you're pointing to a life that they want to live. I shared a story one time with my New Brunswick campus. I'm going to share it with you. It's, it's so cool. I had a friend named Becky who a bunch of years ago was a pastor at a church near here in Montclair. So one day she gets a phone call from a friend of hers who is a photographer, and he's doing a freelance photo shoot for a, a maternity clothing catalog. So he calls up Becky and he says, hey, listen, I need some models. You have a big church, and I'm wondering, do you have any women who are anywhere from six to eight months pregnant in your congregation who might be interested? And Becky says, well, maybe. I'll have to think about it. But let me ask you something. Uh, could you not just hire non-pregnant women, you know, and give them a foam pad that they can wear under their clothing? And he said, yeah, I could do that. But you know what? You can't fake the glow. You can't fake the glow. Uh, there's often a radiance, a healthy aura that pregnant women have, right, that is a sign that there's this new life growing inside them. You've seen it. Uh, check this out. This is our very own Karen Veenstra. She is Pastor Mike's administrative assistant, and she is seven months preggers. Uh, you know, just look at that healthy glow. That is not Photoshop, people, all right? The same thing ought to be true of Christ followers. When Jesus is alive in you, you shine. You glow with a joy and a peace that passes all understanding because no matter what you're going through, whatever you're dealing with, Christ is seen to be evident in you. And I know I know some of you have, learned, you, you have learned that you have cancer or some other disease. And after you know, grappling with the initial reality of it, you're not shaken to the core by it. You have a, a peace about it. And people say, how can you shine through this? And you say, Jesus carries me. I know I'm in his hands. And some folks say, whoa. I mean, I throw a hissy fit when I break a nail. I want, I need what you've got. When you live a life that others will want, that others will be curious about, it's such a personal and unique way to share your faith. Remember, even in a prison, Paul was living a life that the jailer, the free man, wanted. Philemon's servant Onesimus met Paul in Rome, right? Onesimus saw Christ shining through Paul because Paul shared Jesus' heart for the outsider. And he said, Paul, I want what you've got. Paul shared his faith. He prayed it forward to Onesimus. Onesimus gave his life to Christ. And you can bet Onesimus went on to pray it forward too. See, this, this life change through Christ is what drove Paul to actively share his faith every chance he got. Even when he's chained to a prison wall, even to a runaway slave, he wanted everybody to find what he had found, this supernatural joy and peace and wisdom and love for others. Do you want that? Everyone you love, everyone you know, even if they're just, you know, the businessman sitting, sitting next to you on the three-hour flight or the waitress who brings you your omelet every Saturday at the diner, share your story, invite them to church, live a life other people will want. You don't have to be Billy Graham, right? I mean, I was not Billy Graham. First time I shared, oh my gosh, it was a mess. But maybe it is time to pray a big boy prayer like Paul prayed because God used me in that at that dinner party. If, he can, if, he, if, if we can pray this prayer, then, then we're going to do extraordinary things. God is going to do amazing things through us. So one more time, here's what, here's what Paul prayed. And let's say the red words together. I pray 
that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. If you make that your prayer this week and continue to pray it, then look out. You're going to be stretched. You will grow. You're on your way to becoming fully alive. Just watch how God will shine through you and give you amazing opportunities to pray it forward. So let me close with this. Just two days ago on Friday, I was at the beach with my wife and son. And, uh, you know, we bumped into a liquid friend named Laura. And at one point, I was chatting with Laura. I was, I was, I was crouched down next to my three-year-old because he was digging this hole in the sand. And at one point, I stood up. And you ever stood up too fast and you get like this head rush? Uh, that's what happened to me. And I couldn't even see anything for a moment. The next thing I know, my wife Lisa, she's, she's up in my grill and she's like, Tyler, Tyler, are you okay? Can you hear me? Because I was actually lying on the ground, totally disoriented. I had blacked out. I had actually fainted and, and just kind of like a chopped down tree went, mm, bam, right down onto the sand. And now I'm kind of coming to and I'm like, what? Right? But I was in good hands because my wife is a nurse and so was Laura. So that's pretty good, right? It turns out I was just really, really dehydrated. So I drank tons of water, got a lot of electrolytes into me, had something to eat, and then I was totally fine. But here's what else I noticed as I was coming to. Not 30 feet from us were two lifeguards sitting up on their perch, and neither of them had seen me fall, neither of them had heard Laura scream for Lisa, neither of them had seen me lying on the ground in the small crowd gathering around me. I was right under their noses and they had completely overlooked me. I don't want to overlook anyone who is right under my nose, someone I see all the time, have ample opportunities to pray it forward to, but just don't have the eyes to see. They're, they're falling, and they're falling further away from Christ. Who might you be overlooking? I want you to think of someone right now. Would you do that? Think of someone right now. I'm thinking of this couple. They're my neighbors. Uh, they don't go to church. She's a high-flying exec with a tech company, and he's unemployed. He's looking for work, but he spends most of his days just kind of, you know, about six times a day walking his two bulldogs or riding around on his motorcycle. Sounds pretty good to me. Um, <laughs> but I've decided I'm going to pray it forward to them. I'm going to share my faith with them as naturally as I possibly can, and, you know, let's just see what happens. Someone prayed it forward to me. Someone prayed it forward to you. Who can you do the same for and invite to church this fall? See, God has placed each of us in a sphere where we can be an influence on non-Christians. Think of that person now who's outside these church walls. I don't want you to think like an aquarium keeper. I want you to think like a fisherman, right? And we're going to pray that God would make each of us, as Paul prayed for Philemon, active in sharing our faith with that particular person. And then we're going to invite them to church sometime that, this fall. Who is that person for you? If you can't think of anybody right now, God, you know, just ask God to bring a face or two to mind. Because we're going to start this process right now of praying it forward. This is not homework, people, okay? We're going to pray for them right now. And then I'm going to pray for you that God would give you the courage and open the eyes of your heart to see the opportunities. Maybe at a barbecue later this summer or at the beach or on vacation or when you go back to school in September and you see them again or you're at the coffee shop, whatever it is. And that this, this opportunity will be to, to plant a seed and then let's let God reap a harvest this fall. So let's, uh, would you do this with me? Let's all stand together. 
And I'm going to give you 30 seconds to call them to mind, all right? Who is this person? Remember, I'm going to pray for my neighbors, that next-door couple right under my nose that I've overlooked, and I'm going to invite them this fall. It's going to inform the way that I interact with them moving forward. They're not just those people who live next door. They are precious lives that Jesus died for. Give me the, give me the eyes to see that, Lord. May I have that glow. May it not just be caffeine or five-hour energy, but, but the actual Holy Spirit in me that I would treat them the way that I hope Philemon came to love and value Onesimus. Father, we lift up the names right now of all the people our church is going to pray it forward to. So we're going to take 30 seconds right now and pray. Uh, you can pray out loud. You can pray under your breath. You can pray with the person next to you, whatever you like. But let's take 30 seconds right now and pray it forward. Father, I want to pray a big Paul-like prayer right now for everyone here that each and every one may be active in sharing their faith with the person they call to mind so that everyone here may draw them to you, Father, into a life-changing relationship with Jesus and, and gain a full understanding of all the good things that we have in Christ. And all God's people said, Amen. Thanks for listening to Liquid Church Media. If you were inspired or challenged by today's message, we hope you'll tell a friend. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins.